And we're back with the Pepsi Show. Hello. Welcome back. Jacob's too excited about this I'm bit. very excited. Alright, so hopefully you watched our bonus bits episode, but if you didn't, it has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. So, nope. check it out. Or don't. Yeah, because that uh, the, the topic for today is uh, moral choices in video games. But before we get into that, Jacob is going to make a moral choice. Yes. I don't know. I was just thinking of something <laughs> I don't this has Okay, so, so Abby and I were at the grocery store, and we saw these two things of pudding, uh, like, in the snacks aisle. And normally you see just, you know, standard uh, chocolate, vanilla, uh, other things. We saw dragon and unicorn with no flavors labeled on them at all. The flavors are labeled as red and green. This is dangerous. <laughs> if says, you die, if you die on record, I will still publish this episode. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> also, we are not sponsored by the company that makes dragon or unicorn. We're not sponsored by this at what, all. What even is this? Jake so is going to review. It also says infused with the dragon magic, and that's the other thing. And the other one said infused with unicorn magic, or, or unicorn sparkles or something. And we were like, how can they make that claim? Like, unless dragons Because are there's no way to dispute that claim. There's no way to be like, no, you didn't do that. Like, Can you prove that know? dragons aren't real? <laughs> okay, so false advertising. Um, the other thing that is beautiful about this is it says go online to our website to play dragon games, like these, like, you know, games that we have. I haven't gone online to look at them yet, uh, but I kind of want to because it says ages 13 plus on these, like, children's, children's lunch component. Maybe it's because, like, they don't believe in children under 13 being on the internet. Yeah, like, I mean, the thing is, usually it'll say it's a kid's game, but, like, to use the internet with, like, parental guidance. But this just straight up says 13+, plus, which means that it is expecting these snack pack, dragon-infused games to be... To be as complicated as Magic the Gathering. Yeah, yeah, they're T for teen. Like, adult themes... Like, is is the dragon? Is it like slavery? Scenes of violence and some menace. Yeah, like they're getting, they're enslaving the dragons, and that's like the the harsh reality that the youth have to deal with, and so scenes they don't of, want scenes of smoking. Yeah, scenes of smoking. Yeah, the dragon smoking. Okay, so I'm gonna try the red and the green and see if they even taste like anything or if i did not support this at all if he dies it is not my fault okay so all right i've opened both of them all right we're gonna try the green first so what are your what are your credentials while you're like thinking about this <laughs> and i can tell that it's terrible what are your what are your credentials for uh for reviewing these products my credentials are that i am a purveyor of terrible foods. Uh, this is and, actually true. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah, 100%. As, as can be attested by the fact that, you know, this is, I think, qualification enough for most people, 
Other than that, I love candy corn. Yeah, you're you're a fucking savage, and I said it here. Like, if you like candy corn, you're a fucking savage. So, like, I I have no no problem, no qualms about alienating our audience by saying that. <laughs> the green tastes vaguely like lime, but it is labeled as just green for the, the flavor. <laughs> um, but there's also kind of like a ras, like maybe a raspberry thing going on in there. So I wonder if they're just the same flavor. If green, if green and red are the same flavor, you're saying? Yeah, I'm pretty. No. Taste different. A little bit. I remember like bad Kool Aid. <laughs> bad how? Like not enough sugar or bad like. Bad like. Bad like you mixed Kool Aid with with like dirty water. Ew. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it's... I don't want to imagine that. What kind of monster are you? <laughs> They're apparently infused with dragon magic, though. So, I should be getting my powers soon. <laughs> <laughs> traumatic, ex you know, traumatic experience is usually the catalyst for, you know, people developing their powers, so... Or in Bleach, if you're about to die. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure... I'm going to become the next dragonborn if I eat this entire snack pack. So was this was this all like an elaborate segue into what we're talking about today? No, but I decided to make it a segue, which but that was that was very, was very uh, that was very well done. I appreciate your, uh, your these are so bad. <laughs> I don't know how they can sell them. <laughs> they sell them to idiots like you. They're team for team game. Like, <laughs> I have to play it now. I want to see if it uh, gives you the same, like, emotional experience that, like, the, uh, the same emotional experience? Yeah, the same emotional experience as the flavor profile of these monstrosities. Why are you like this? Is it possible to replicate that? I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm curious about science. This is not the... Oh, okay. I'm doing it for science. Okay. Okay, yeah. Jacob. You have to believe. Sure thing. What? Sure thing. Okay. Anyway, do so thing. speaking of like, segues, thing. Jacob is segueing this into the meat of the episode here. Okay, I was like, what are you doing? For a full, like, 30 seconds, I had no idea what you were doing. <laughs> so, Jacob uh, is late to the party, as usual, um, and has just started playing Skyrim. Mm -hmm. So, moral choices in Skyrim are pretty, uh, pretty simple. But we'll start with, as opposed, like, we'll start by, you know, sort of shrinking this a little bit. Um... The moral choices in Skyrim are more about, like, separating yourself from your character. So, like, your character exists in, like, a fictional space and all, like, is fictional and all the things that they do are fictional and, like, everything that's happening on screen is not real. And, like, to to understand that, you could, you can, 
project onto your character as much as you want, but you have to understand that the character is, like does not exist. So their actions, while they may have consequences in the fictional realm, like in the game, they're they're not real consequences. Like if you kill someone in Skyrim, you don't actually go to prison in real life. Yeah, <laughs> but it's an online game. You didn't read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to repossess your computer. <laughs> anyway, people who get that reference. Yeah, no, tons of internet points. Well, that's old hat internet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it because I think I think the game does a good job of immersing you if you if it's hard to separate yourself from the character. And granted, there are like problems with if you are physically like if you're incapable of mentally separating yourself from that but oh, uh, yeah. you know it because it's like i don't like in skyrim i don't really want i don't want to murder innocent people so i don't and it because it just seems like it, it seems like the bad thing to do um but i did join the thieves guild and i'm stealing from everyone so and you joined the Dark Brotherhood. Yeah, and I joined the Dark Brotherhood. Yeah, and That's I mean, the Dark Brotherhood, I did, I did kill the guy who was the, like, the murderer and rapist that apparently didn't have a contract out on him, but I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, you're given three choices. You can either kill, you can either kill a hired thug, uh, a single mom. <laughs> oh, in the very beginning, in the very beginning, right, 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 okay. <laughs> like... <laughs> The Argonian is the thug, the woman's the mom, and the other guy yeah. is uh, is the rapist. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find that out? You just talk to them. You're you're able to get it out of them? Yeah. The I mean the, the Usually people murder, get impatient before they like devote that much time to it. The murderer the murder the rapist murderer, like, he's just straight up about it. He's like, Oh yeah, people people want me dead all the like all the time. And then the single mom's like, I don't know why I'm here. Like, I have six kids. <laughs> and then the hired thug is just, like, pleading for his life. And he's like, I'm a cell sword. Like, I guess I've killed some people. Please don't kill me. And you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Oh, no, I was wrong. So the Argonian is the, uh, the Argonian's the rapist. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but as far as, like, separating yourself from your character, I think that's uh, yeah, definitely to you like, experience all of the content that's in a lot of games that's necessary, uh, if, if that's your goal, but um, one thing that I do really like about Skyrim is that it makes your actions have consequences. Like, if you're caught stealing or breaking into someone's house, the guards are like, that's illegal. Like, we're, ta we're taking you to jail. Like, you know, un unless you kill all of them and then, you know, whatever. But that's one thing that I... No one will notice... If yeah. there's no one to notice. Yeah. However, something that is slightly imperfect about it is that you can... Like, I tried to steal from this lady. I got thrown in jail, um, and, like, because she called the guards. And then I got out and went to go see her again because I hadn't finished the quest where I had to steal something from her. Uh, and then... <laughs> and then she, like... She was still in the combat animation when I walked into her house to attack me, but then she immediately went out of that and was like, it's so good to see you, and like, <laughs> treating me like a normal person, so I was a bit like, because, for the, because 
it, but at another point, I accidentally stole from this guy. He wanted to murder me, and I tried to return the object and ran away from him for a while. Because um, I was like, I don't want to kill you. Uh, but I ended up killing him because he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Ex he was trying to murder me over an accident. Um, I pressed the A button at the wrong time. <laughs> so, but like he re he remembered. Like he was like, "You're that guy who stole from me. I'm going to murder you." But she was just kind of like, "Oh, it's good to see you again." So. That's my only complaint. Well, yeah, I, the AI is not perfect. Yeah, ever. I like a lot of it, but yeah, that's wrong. It's bad. You should feel bad. So, um, before we get into like the the big moral choices in games, I think you should mention this because you've talked before about how Modern Warfare Two is like one of your favorite games in terms well, of like. I mean, you talked about it a lot in the shooter episode, and like you had like a lot of experience with it. And you played well, it a lot. I, I played the multiplayer a lot. That's one like okay thing to consider. <laughs> there's not really a lot of more like the point of multiplayer is to gun down your opponents. Like not not a lot of moral. There's no like oh like. You know what, I, no you know what I'm referring to, because we talked about this before the record. So, but, um, yeah, in, there's a mission in Modern Warfare 2. I only, I only played the first few missions, but there's a mission that you're given the option to skip because it's kind of disturbing, like, to play it through. Doesn't tell you, it doesn't do a very good job of telling you, though. Um, there's a... When you start a new game, there's this, like, little dialogue that comes up that's like, you know, there's a mission... In this in the campaign, it's like very, like jarring. I guess I don't know what the exact text says, but it's like I'm it's gonna... like you can skip this mission. Like you can like we're giving you the option now to skip this later. Like because you know it's it's serious and it deals with like really sensitive issues. Um, the mission is called No Russian. And, of course, if you play Modern Warfare 2, like, you know immediately what we're talking about, but I'll let Jacob uh, explain it if you've not played Modern Warfare 2 or the campaign. In which case, where have you been for the past 20 years? But, not the point. You're looking up the, uh, oh. the dialogue. Uh, it says the level itself is preceded by warning that the level contains oh, okay. disturbing content which may offend some players. Okay, I thought it was before the, uh, before you start a new game, but that's wrong. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's uh, it's before the level, I believe. Okay. Although, at the beginning of the game would also be before the level, so... Well, right. But it, it does this, you play a level, and then it comes up with this box, and is like, do you want to continue? Yeah, so I I tried playing it uh, myself. For... Well, what what happens in it? Well, in I, it... I, didn't, I didn't explain what happens. In it, you're a an undercover CIA agent who's trying to get the gain the trust of this Russian terrorist group so that you can like ostensibly prevent a lot of deaths from terrorist things, but you participate in a mass shooting, like in an airport. Like you and these guys go through and just gun down tons of people, uh, and it, there's no there's no like firefight 
going on. It's just you gunning down people. Uh, and so that's the like the disturbing content. Um, and so I, I tried playing it for a little bit um, with you know without you know shooting anyone because I was like I was like these are innocent people. And yeah, I, and no one no one forces you to pull the trigger. Like you won't fail the mission if you don't shoot at people. Yeah, but I think I so I don't remember if I went through the entire mission. I think I might have stopped about halfway through because I, I I was like afraid of failing the mission, but at the same time I didn't like the premise. I was just like, it like made you uncomfortable. Yeah, that I was just like there watching it happen, um, and uh, I don't know. I just I and like... that that to me like that to me is different from separating yourself from your character because what you're what you're witnessing and what you what you're a part of in that moment is so jarring and for some people it's so like personal that <laughs> and this this sort of speaks like I don't want to say that this is a good thing but it it does this very well to to get to get a reaction out of you to get a yeah. reaction like wow this is serious like this is horrible like you know, like I don't, I don't want to participate in this. Like I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, because it's part of the game. But like this is still, like what's going on right now is horrible. Um, and so it's very good for that. It's very horrible that, you know, that that this happens in the game, but it does speak to you you alienate yourself from your character and in that moment you're like thrust back into it like you're watching all of this you know first person yep like happening um yeah i was thinking oh and the other thing about the mission too is i mean like it it's old enough that we shouldn't bother about spoilers but yeah all the games we're talking about today uh with maybe the exception of one like, if you've not played any games, we'll mention the games before we get really into them, but, like, all these games have been out for a while, so we will spoil parts of, big parts of the story in talking about them, because we sort of, sort of have to. But, I mean, the the Russians kill you at the end anyway, so... Yeah, you get like, shot in the face. So it's like, it, even... Because <laughs> they knew you were a spy. Yeah, even if you chose to murder the people, like, during the mission, to try and gain their trust, they already knew that you're a mole, and so, like, like that, that character has just committed this atrocity for, for no reason, but, like, at the time, maybe you think that you're, like, serving your country, like, by doing this. And he's, uh, he's hanged I, as, I, a, as a traitor. The news, the news footage you watch after the mission of, like, okay. what happened is they were, like, you know, this man betrayed his country... Like, the CIA disavows him, basically. Mm. And is like, yeah, we don't know who this is. And they're like, this man, you know, betrayed his country to kill all these people. Yeah, and so I, I think that is... Even though even though killing or not killing them doesn't really affect the game, I guess it... I don't know. It affects you, maybe? You as a, you as a player? Yeah. I I mean, I I don't know. I, I think it, would, it affected me in that I didn't... I didn't want... I didn't want to you do don't want to play. You don't want yeah. to keep playing. I was just like, I was like, I'm like, I am out of of this. Uh, 
so I think that's a that's a good example of kind of a, a, a nuance, like moral like moral decision in a game that doesn't have effect. Because there are lots of games where there are moral decisions throughout the game, and we're gonna talk about them where it doesn't actually affect the ending. Like it might affect play through the game, but it might but it the ending's always the same. Mm-hmm. Like Skyrim, for example. Like you fight Alduin and you know save the world. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if you've murdered all the Skyrim anyway. True. <laughs> I like, mean, the game goes on forever, so you can never finish it, but, you yeah. know. Yeah, there's, point. There's, not, there's no one to protect. No one will notice if there is no one to notice. So, going along from that, and I might get, I might get shit for getting into this too far, because uh, a lot of these games are like really meaningful to people, um, but on in a lesser vein, Dishonored. Because uh, full disclosure, I did not play all the way through the story, but I do know about the different endings. But certainly, um, Bioshock, the first Bioshock, the Mass Effect series, uh, Infamous, and Infamous Second Son, and. I will lump Dishonored in here, and you can, you know, feel free to interject and tell me I'm wrong about something. Okay. But these games market, you know, sort of, oh, you know, freedom of choice, freedom, you know, player choice. You can decide, you know, all you want about these different things. And unfortunately, the ending is is more or less black and white. In in Bioshock. You either harvest the little sisters or you rescue them. And in, in Bioshock One, you harvest them or you rescue them. If you harvest them, you know, going throughout the game, you get to the end and they're like, you know, you're this crazy person who like, you know, you take over the world and you're evil and you know, on and on about like what a monster you are. But if you're if you rescue them, then you're this, like, flower child who's, like, everyone, you know, loves you, and you're the greatest person that's ever existed. Regardless of any of your other choices throughout the game, or any anything else that you've done the entire game, the you get one ending or the other. And that's not a moral choice system, that's just a choice. That's, that's a good versus bad ending. And yeah. sort of similarly with, and I didn't write this down, but now that I'm sort of describing it, I'm thinking about KOTOR. Um, so Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect have the same problem that when you do something that is that is part of the moral choice in the game, it's either neutral and nothing happens. Not nothing happens, but nothing happens to your, like, karma. You either do something and it's neutral, it's good, or it's evil. And in Knights of the Republic, that's either light side or dark side. And Mass Effect, the good side is called... Uh... Paragon? I mean... Paragon! Yeah, you're right. Uh, Paragon, and the bad side is called Renegade. So they're either light side Paragon, dark side Renegade. And you can make choices throughout the game that sort of balance <laughs> it out if you want to truly be, like, neutral kind of alignment. Um, but as Jacob pointed out when we were talking about this earlier off record, your choices in Mass Effect don't really matter. The 
I I know the ending of three was like very disappointed for people, very disappointing for people who are like really into the series and the the DLC sort of fixed it, but not really. But the, you can't argue that regardless of whether or not you're Paragon or Renegade or a neutral Commander Shepard, the ending is a cop out. Like it, your choices throughout the entire series mean nothing. Into into what ending you get, you could you could you know, play the entire game being a complete dick to everyone and, you know, invest all of your life into Renegade points and pick the good ending at the end. And there's there's another game that I'll liken that to uh, that we'll get to later. Infamous uh, and Infamous Second Son have the same problem as Bioshock, where, like, it's just completely divergent path. It's marketed as, like, you know, you have your own choices, you... You can, you know, make decisions that affect the outcome of the game. There's only two outcomes. Like, and you choose them pretty early on. It's in Bioshock, yes, and Infamous also, yes, because if you sort of, if you try to like mix it up, like, like I was saying in Knights of the Republic and Mass Effect, if you try to like mix it and become neutral, you get you get less good points for doing good things than you get bad points for doing bad things. Okay. If that makes sense. So say you say in Bioshock you harvest a little sister, then you save one. Then you harvest one, then you save one, then you harvest one, then you save one. You will get the bad ending. Because you've you've killed, you know, half of them or whatever throughout the game. Yeah. Infamous has the same the same issue where you can you can just sort of decide, but you will get a bad ending. I mean I would like if someone was going through a burning building and was like killing half the people and saving the other half, I'd probably, like, I'd also probably still be like, you're a bad person. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's actually a really good analogy, I think. <laughs> like, yes. But so, like, it, like, it kind of makes sense, but in terms of uh, what's presented mechanically in the game as, like, your... Choice system. Yeah, like, of, if, is there a neutral? Um, you know, the, a lot. A lot of games do have just that that binary uh, ending of, well, of good or evil. I thought I was just kind of like, there's the good ending, the bad ending, the extra bad ending. Oh, uh, I have a point out. Uh, in, in which game? Bioshock. Oh, in Bioshock, there's good, bad, and extra bad endings. So if you get all the little sisters, it's extra bad. Yeah, if you kill all of them, there's an extra bad ending in Bioshock. As opposed to... Um... Just the normal bad siphoning, ending. siphoning one and then saving the rest. I think is the is the regular bad ending. Yeah, or harvesting one as it's siphoned. Um, yeah, but okay. So there's there's three paths. Point. I mean, my point is still the same. Yeah. Uh, one thing in. Dishonored that I like is that you're so it it's it's like you're there's a few markers throughout the game of where you are uh, in in terms of storyline development um, but ultimately there's only three endings uh, but they're affected the you can't you don't like play however you want and then get to the ending and make a choice that ends in those endings, it's like you are either, if you're killing a bunch of people, 
throughout the whole game, bad ending. If you're saving, you know, keep, if you're, you know, being stealthy and, and not killing people, you can get the good ending, and then there can there's a neutral ending uh, if you're doing kind of a mix of the two. Um, but it also affects how other characters react to you in game, uh, which is more a it's more a storytelling element. I know some games use that to create mechanical benefits, like if you have all your point, if you're a really good person, then you unlock good person traits, you know, force powers, etc. Um, it's the same in like Spider-Man: Web of Shadows. If you're a good person, you get like good person combat stuff, and if you're a bad person, you get bad person combat points. Um, and but in Dishonored, it's just a storytelling mechanic uh, for how characters react to you. Like the the little girl, uh, I forget her name, Emily. Uh, right, Emily. Yeah, so Emily, like she she early in the game, you can know how you're doing um, because she draws you a picture, uh, and she either draws you a picture where like you're in it holding your hand in a field of flowers and you know that you're a, a good example to her um or she draws a picture of you looking like a little scary and that's how you know that you're on the neutral path or she draws a picture of you just like as a monster like murdering people um and so and that's about in like that's in like the first third of the game uh that you get to see that so i mean i in an ideal world, you would know if you're a good or bad person based on the amount of people you've murdered up to that point, but... That's well, the it does... The thing is, it doesn't tell you. There's no there's no in-game counter, unlike the Paragon and, you know, those in, right, okay. in Spider-Man Shadows and in Mass Effect, um, and I think in KOTOR as well. There's yeah, KOTOR, it's, it's right on the opening, like, character screen. Yeah, there's a, there's a meter that tells you if you're you know, like, how many points you get for doing good or bad things, but in Dishonored, it doesn't tell you. Like, it's just... it. Granted, the game, in the end, the way that it calculates it is just, like, a, a, a kill count is how, how it keeps track of it, um, but... You is, know. That a, is that... So is that bad bad game design? If you're not If you're not telling a player, like, how well, how good or evil they are? Do you think? I, like, in, I, your, in your opinion? Is that bad game design? I like it because it's it becomes more about the like the value of the choices themselves rather than um, rather than like assigning like an arbitrary point value to them. It's like oh like I I murdered this innocent person, but I got all these grandmas their apples and that balanced it out. Like you know, there's not like an what I'm saying is there's not, like, this arbitrary point system where you can balance out good and bad acts because it's it's just, like, you kill someone, that's bad, and it just always counts against you. Right, okay. I see what you're saying. But, okay. which is why I kind of like it in, in some parts of Skyrim is that you, your actions last. Like, they have lasting consequences. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I guess that's our problem, or, like, complaint against Mass Effect. At least one of my complaints, and I know that this is hard for game designers to do, because it would just be nuts. Um, but, or, I don't know, maybe not. Like, maybe just have you at the beginning of a game, like, a sequel to a game, be like, did you have the good or the bad ending in the, pre in the first game? And then okay, that segue is great. That's, that's a great segue into, into this to this point. Um, 
handles this very well. Witcher is another game with moral choices throughout the game. Like, you can choose to be, like, a massive dickhead and get into fights all the time. Or you can, you know, choose to diffuse the situation calmly and, you know, everyone walks away. Um, and you get experience or, you know, whatever based on that. And But there's no, like, you're evil or you're good. You're, okay. You are, like, you are a character, you are Geralt Rivera, like, the Witcher, like. And that's that's sort of the freedom of, like, a linear game where you don't, like, create a character. Like, in KOTOR, you, you know, you're whoever you want to be, and Commander Shepard is whoever you want to be. Um, so it sort of gives you that freedom. But the thing about The Witcher is, <clears throat> if you've played... Excuse me. If you've played The Witcher 3 and have not played Witcher 1 and 2, uh, you are free to just completely ignore this or do your own research and look into the events of The Witcher 1 and The Witcher 2. And there's a point very early in the game, right after the first like opening kind of tutorial area in the game, where you're talking to this important general and if you've chosen to simulate a save, or if you have another save file present on your system, the general will ask you to confirm certain events that took place in The Witcher, uh, in The Witcher and The Witcher 2. He'll say, you know, what happened to this, you know, major character that Geralt interacted with throughout the game? Like, where did they go? You know, what happened to them? And... That, to me, is very good game design in a series. Because, say, say you have, say you, you killed this character in The Witcher 2, and, you know, then you have consequences based on that in The Witcher 3. People react harshly to you because this character was their friend, and you never interacted with those people previously. Well, you run into somebody and he's like, oh, you killed, you know, such and such. They were a good friend of mine. You know, I hate you. For lack, I mean, for lack of better storytelling. Yeah. But you can also, you can also take the option to simulate the save from the, the previous game and just save right before that interaction with the general and take, take both paths. You know, I did kill this person. I didn't kill this person. You know, next choice. Did you go and complete this contract, or did you, you know, abandon it? You know, next choice. And it's it's a tiered system. Yeah. And all of the choices matter for how characters will treat you, quests that you'll unlock, and even in some cases, items that you can acquire throughout the game. I mean, I I will forever sing the praises of Wild Hunt. That that game's. You know, it's yeah. a masterpiece. And that's, I, I mean, I, I haven't played it, but that is exactly what I've always thought about. And in these games that have these, you know, long, long storylines where there are decisions that you can't make for being like a good or a bad person. So that's, that's my soapbox for the episode. Yeah. Sounds like a masterpiece. I mean, you gotta get it. You gotta play it. Do it. Just play it. It's great. Do it. Okay. So, so, 
what like what else? I I feel like we did a pretty good job covering it. Um, your own personal ability to take those bad cats, like. Oh, um, yeah. What? So, uh, Abby just asks, you know, what are our personal opinion or what are our personal capabilities for making the good or bad decisions in games? Um, I, I can't. Like, I mean, I I know that I could, but I always I always feel bad. Like, in in Dishonored, I I tried to do the good ending, not simply because I was like, oh, this is the specific ending that I want, but more so because the the animate the kill animations are super violent. <laughs> and, oh yeah, and what, we've, we've talked about yeah, this before. Yeah, one of my one of my roommates was like. He was like, oh, yeah, like, go kill that guy. And I was like, no, I, I don't want to. It's bad. And he's like, oh, come on, go kill him. And I was like, okay, fine. So I, I went and, like, killed the guy. Uh, and my roommate just started freaking out. He was like, oh, no, that was so bad. Ah, ah. <laughs> and I was like, see? And then I just, you know, loaded to the point before that. Because <laughs> the other part of it was, I, I think I... Maybe it's just because it's like first person games. Uh, I think if it was a if it was a side scroller, I'd maybe feel less attached. Um, you know, graphically, etc. That's a good, that's a good thing to, to to sort of think about. Because I and granted, I haven't played really any side scrollers with de with decisions like that. To, but I I don't. I don't identify. I'm. I'm usually more interested in the game mechanics of side scrollers, and how fun it is to play rather than the storyline. Although there are, there's lots of side scrollers and other older games that have storylines that I've really enjoyed. But for the most part, I'm not like. You're less invested in it. Yeah, I, I don't. I know that it's that character because they have a name, and it's not from a first person perspective, and it's not. A character who I've given a name to, or whatever, you know, it, it doesn't feel like me. Um, so, and the other thing was in Dishonored, even though it's it's first person, but you know, you're you're playing as um, Corvo Otano. Uh, he, I knew that he had been framed from the beginning of the game. And yeah, so you was, learned that in the first, you know, ten minutes. Yeah. So I I figured I was like, okay, if he was already this like really good dude you know who had been framed for this that he would also continue to be i mean like he could get theoretically like he could get really mad and go on a murder spree and take his vengeance out on people but you know if he was just kind of like a uh, i i took it yeah i took it more as like he was trying to clear his name and so like murdering people wouldn't help in that right it makes you more like that was my interpretation of the character while I was playing, although, like you know, I felt the I don't know the the weight of those decisions as a player. So I don't know. What about you? Like, do you do you always play through like the good and the bad and the neutral endings of all games? It it depends on how long a game is. For one, yeah. uh, I've played I've played, and now that everybody mentions it, I am I am remembering doing the, the sort of neutral ending in, um, in, uh, shit, lost, in Bioshock. 
Um, but I'm I'm familiar enough with Bioshock to the point where I can I can play through the game relatively quickly. Yeah, I I say relatively because you know Bioshock's a pretty long game, but my point is, like I would never. I don't want to say never, but it it depends. I mean, I and I think you know now that I put some serious thought into that, that might be my sole sticking point is the length of the game. I I, I can always come back to games, um, but the length of the game really is a big point for how likely I am to play through more than one ending. And there have been games where I've played through the game and been like, wow, you know, okay, like, that was a little, like, you know, it was getting less fun, it was a slog, whatever, like, you know, become sort of disinterested or more dissatisfied with the game as it goes on. And I've, like, wikipedia at the other ending and been like, oh, you know, what happens if I do this or make this choice? Like, yeah, I, I want- that happened at the end of New Vegas. I was very disappointed with the ending of New Vegas. And... The ending that I picked left me super dissatisfied, and so I was like, okay, what happens if I don't do that? Like, what happens if I do something else? Yeah. And I read up on it, and I was like, okay, I'm disappointed in that, too. What happens if I do this? And every, like, I just kept getting more and more irritated the more I read about it, and so I was like, okay, I'm not gonna play through New Vegas again. Don't get me wrong, I had a lot of fun playing New Vegas. Like, it was a good game. But... Not my cup of tea. Like the playing through the game was good. The ending, not good. Uh, another. No really for me to put that. So, I'm. I mean, I didn't play through this game, but I watched a ton of it. Uh, because it's more of a a movie. Uh, a choose your own adventure movie. Uh, Detroit Become Human. Um, oh, yeah, that's not a game. Yeah, so we should talk. We gotta talk about games that aren't games. Should we do an episode on games that aren't games? Yeah, we we gotta do some research on that, and so we'll be back. Dear dear Edith, Abby says. Um, so I but I do think that one's interesting, and as far as like the choices go, because every single choice you make affects the outcome. All of every decision, uh, kind of, um, and then I need to. So if we're speaking of just like media that is kind of, I guess choose your own adventure media. Uh, this is just more a mental note for later. There's this YouTube video series that is like a choose your own adventure, where you can choose to watch a video of what happens if the characters in that video make this decision versus another decision. And it, like, uh-huh. and so some of them, so it's at, it's a dinner party, and some of them, the dinner party ends, like, immediately, because the people are offended, and then, and if you go down a really long one, like, someone ends up murdering someone else at the dinner party, like, over, I don't know, I, I can't remember, but it's, it's really crazy, because the, some of the endings are eight, nine, ten videos long, and then other endings are only, like, four videos long, because of just the the consequences. Well, it's it's similar to the choose your own adventure novels. Some of those, some of those, they ended after two choices. 
Like, yeah. There was one where you're like a spy, and you have to go to. You're on some. You're on some mission, and if you, if you decide to go to Rio. Go to a casino, and you like hit it big and like win at the slots, and then like the game's over because you win like a zillion dollars or whatever. Yeah. Or not the game, but the, then the the book's over because like you decide your or your character that you're portraying decides you know well why do I want to be a spy? I'm like a billionaire now. Like. So, uh, for people who don't know what choose your own adventure books are, because we're really exist anymore like i mean they do exist but they're they were like being produced i remember as like when we were kids that's when i remember them um but they're it was just a book series where you would read a certain amount and then you'd be presented with a, a page number to jump to based on a decision that you'd make or like that you chose for the character to make um and then it would continue on and you know, it was, uh, I don't remember if there are any ones where you had three choices, but I know you, it was always at least two. Rarely. There were some where you had three choices, it was very okay. rare. Yeah. So Goosebumps and, did a limited run yes. series of, of, uh, of books like that as well. Yep. We're, wait, were all the Goosebumps books like that? I, yeah, I yeah. no, no, really? they did, uh, they did a limited run of books that were, like, choose your own, like, kind of scary story. Okay. Uh, the one that I read the most was like the Lab of Doctor Eek or something. It had a, it had a monkey on the cover. That's what I remember about it. <laughs> Abby just said that she has an eyeshadow named after that. Named after a monkey? No, named after the Doctor Eek book. Yeah, named after Doctor Eek, like the Doctor Eek book. It's a Goosebumps collection. Yeah, she because Abby, um, Abby had her own um, like perfume company for a while. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I'd never do that. Yeah, and so she she made a lot of uh like Buffy themed perfumes, like the the names of them, and also she had one uh like a Marty McFly one, uh that was uh I forget it smelled like Coke. Yeah, Coke and root beer. Yeah, it smelled like Coke and root beer. Oh, like Coca Cola. You said Coke, and I was like, cocaine. not cocaine. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so major takeaway um... What? Oh. Oh, okay. Sorry, I guess. Right? Uh, major takeaways. You gotta be able to separate, like, like, to me, you have to be able to separate yourself from your character to experience, and we've talked about this before, actually, to experience, like, all the content of the game. Like, yeah. if you want to experience everything Skyrim has to offer, you have to alienate yourself from your character. You have to be like, this is the character, this is me. You know, I have my morals and my, you know, moral compass or whatever, like, your, how you act in your life. My character does whatever the fuck he wants because there's no real consequences. And, but I know... And he, if he watches this episode, he's going to give me shit for it. Ian refuses to do the Thieves Guild questline because he doesn't like Maven Blackbriar. Huh. 
So he refuses completely to do the Thief's Soul questline. Even though you, to complete the entire questline, you have to have a three-sentence conversation with her very early. Yes. But that's it. That's it. That's your only interaction with her. Yeah. But he he skips out on the entire quest, the rewards, everything, because he doesn't like that character. Hmm. At and, first, I didn't want to do it because I just I didn't I didn't want to steal. But then, pick like lockpicking is super fun. Like I don't I don't yeah, lock picking game is done very well. Yeah, I, than... I, I like I like sneaking. I like lockpicking. Admittedly, I don't really like pickpocketing, which is probably why I'm bad at it. Because um, I gotta get good at pickpocketing later, though. For the bandits, okay. put poison in their pockets. Yeah, there's a there's a perk in the pickpocket tree where you can uh, harm enemies by putting poison in their pockets. That's that's crazy. It's so awesome. <laughs> so then you get then you get really good at alchemy and you wear a bunch of gear that boosts your alchemy, and you 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 up your sneak really high, and so you can go through entire caves and just poison the shit out of everybody without you don't have to swing your sword a single time. <laughs> That Super doesn't, meta. doesn't make any sense. Like unless they're unless they're implying that like you are poisoning. Like I could understand if you had like a syringe. <laughs> that's the implication. <laughs> but like that's like if if I put a chocolate if I snuck a chocolate bar into your pocket, like you wouldn't have consumed it. Like that's not that's not where your mouth is, like on your thighs. <laughs> <laughs> Your your point is, it does not work well from a storytelling standpoint, but a mechanic standpoint. Mechanically, it's it's a, it's fun. Yeah, definitely. Like ten out of ten would recommend uh, upgrading your alchemy as much as possible because you can. It is possible to brew a potion where you can one shot the final boss. Um, if you upgrade your alchemy high enough. Um. Also, I I guess my my major takeaway from talking about just this topic is that games, it, I mean, there's lots of other factors that go into good game design, but when games give you the decision, when they give you a decision tree for, like, not just play style, because there's lots of games that have different play, you know, uh, like Apex Arch Legends, okay. Apex Legends, League of Legends, you know, they're games with a large roster of characters, uh, and skill trees and other things. You know, Skyrim has lots of different play styles, but as far as the, like, moral things in it, uh, I like it the best when the decisions, like, the moral decisions are married to the uh, in-game mechanics. And so that's why I really like Dishonored and a lot of the, you know, consequences in Skyrim when you get caught stealing or killing someone, you know. And okay. then in The Witcher, um, at which I haven't played, but from what you described, your actions have lasting consequences, and they're like mm. married to the both the plot and the game mechanics. Less so, less so the mechanics, unless you're unless you're dealing with merchants. Um, <laughs> mostly just the plot, but the plot is. I mean, the game is enormous, and the plot is huge. So, point. Yeah, I just like the concept of, like, I made a good decision, I am rewarded for that good decision. Or, like, I made a bad decision, and some characters reward me for, like, you know, so 
it's like I'm rewarded for good decisions by the good characters and I'm punished for good decisions by bad characters because maybe like I was a thorn in their side or like you know maybe I helped out the bad characters and so now they give me these benefits and the good characters don't react well to me like I I like that um you know in in addition to like affecting the ending of the game but I I think the ending of the game isn't as it like it is important but it's not as important I think for me um unless it's like cascading cascading events through a series of games what do you mean so um okay so i guess what i'm saying is in an individual game so in skyrim there's just the one ending which could be a uh i don't know like uh, a, a problem i guess but because it's just the one game and your characters don't really carry over from, like, Oblivion to Skyrim. And right, okay, because they take uh, us, like, a bazillion it's a years apart. Because it's a self-contained story, I'm okay with there not being an epilogue. Like, I, I like games sometimes where it tells you, like, what happens after. You know, I, I really like Dishonored. Like, it's, that's, the, the ending is an, an epilogue ending. Um, but, you know, there's so much content in Skyrim that I I feel fine with, you like, actions having lasting consequences but if it's a game where you're supposed to be the same character throughout a series so like in, in mass effect like if there's a good or bad ending then i feel like that good or bad ending that you choose should have a lasting consequence rather than the ending not really being canon so uh example being um like in injustice 2 there's a good and bad ending but in the comics it only assumes the bad ending it doesn't, there's no... Okay. Like, it, you know, it, creating, you know... And there, right, and you mentioned this before, like, like, Injustice, Injustice 2 assumes, the game Injustice 2 assumes that the good ending from Injustice 1, the good yes. ending from Injustice 1 is canon. Yes. That, that might not necessarily be bad game design, it's just sort of a, it's a, it's a choice you have to make as a developer on how large the game would be. So, like, imagine if you had to make the decision... Like, in The Witcher 3, you simulate a save from The Witcher 2, or you don't. Mm -hmm. For Injustice 2, say you picked the bad ending in the original game, that would change the entire game. It would change the entire story. It would change everything. Yeah. Um, so you have to sort of be realistic about the scope of the game you're making. And the story you want to tell as a as a game developer to sort of get that get to that point, I think. I guess for for me, it's from a storytelling perspective. I just sometimes I don't like what if stories that don't I don't know, add to my perception of the characters. Like the so in what do you mean? So okay, so Superman. Uh, there's a I believe there's a comic series called Red Sun. Where, yeah, where if he were, um, if his ship had landed in uh, in Russia. Yeah, and I think that's... Or the it, Soviet Union, rather. And even though that's not canon, although it kind of is because of multiverse in comics, um, mm -hmm. like, I like that. That it's... Because I think it gives you a, a good... A that good is a what-if, though. I thought you said you don't like what-ifs. I don't like what-ifs that don't add to my understanding of the characters. Okay. So, Certain games like the like Injustice, you know the the endings. 
Yeah, it does. You you already know. Like you've you've spent so much time with these characters. You know who the good guys and the bad guys are, and there's no change in those lines throughout the game. So the ending doesn't really matter. Like, you know, it doesn't. You know, all these what ifs don't really change your perspective on the character or like your opinion of them, because you've spent the whole game with them and seeing all these cutscenes, and then the ending doesn't really have like a like a meaningful payoff. At least for me, but uh, my, you know, for Red yeah, Sun and that's that. I mean, that's the case by case basis. Like it, it sure. might be less meaningful to you, and other people are like, oh, you know, like this is my whole life. Yeah, I mean, it's not a JRPG. You don't use the power of friendship to kill God. You use the power yeah. of being rich to defeat Superman. Yeah. So, anyways, that's uh, I don't know, like I read rant, I guess. Um, I. You know, it's like if you're if you're gonna have multiple endings, like do it right, I guess. Yeah. But what is, well, okay, what is doing it right then? Uh, for me, I think for you, what is what is right? Because that could be different for every for anyone. It's it's like it's. I mean, it's the reason people are upset about the ending of Mass Effect Three. It's the reason people are upset about the direction the Star Wars movies are going. It's the reason people are pissed off about everything. Sure. You know. There's there's no way that something with such a large fan base we'll use Mass Effect as an example. There's no way Mass Effect could have had a succinct ending that everyone would have been happy with. It's impossible. I people the, people are too different. From what was explained to me of the entire Mass Effect plotline, I thought the ending of three sounded I don't know good, I guess. I, granted, I haven't played the game, so, you know, I, I'm not as emotionally invested, um, but the the options that you're presented with seem, it seemed like they made, they made sense to me from what I understood of the, the plot. Like, as far as things being good or bad, or, or maybe they're not even good or bad, they're more just like endings. They're just things. Yeah. So, uh, for me, then, doing it right would be... Well, well I, going back to the concept of just lasting consequences for your actions. Uh, so in Dishonored, the good ending says that, you know, because of these, I don't know. Be, so basically there's the quick storyline. There's a plague that's going on and then there's lots of intrigue and, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> brief summary. Very quick storyline. But because of the plague, if you kill a bunch of people then the bad ending is that not just do you like destabilize the government and you know become this despot you know and, and all that but the plague also isn't dealt with because you have racked up so many extra like because it's kind of a zombie plague um you've racked up extra bodies and there's so much like death and everything that there's more zombies and they're hard, you know, it's harder to deal with, and they're unable to... Rats overrun the city. Yeah, yeah, rats overrun the city. But then, if you do the good ending, where there's not a lot of people killed, um, and everything, then also, if you save this one scientist, like, if you save him versus kill him, uh, if you save him, he, and because there's not, like, rats overrunning the city, because there's not just tons of dead bodies everywhere, uh, for them to feast on, and, you know, propagate and everything, um, appropriate, propagate, whatever. Um, the the scientist is able to find a cure, and so for even though it was just and granted I didn't play Dishonored two, so I don't know like 
you know, if that decision... Your love for your love for the original designer, you never got around to the second one? Not yet, but, I mean, I've got, I'm just, I'm just I've, I've got a controller now on Steam, so, you know, after Skyrim. Um, but I feel like that, even though it's uh, kind of like an, an epilogue story, you know, telling you what happens after the game ends, uh, it, I feel like that's saying that your con your actions had a, a lasting consequence for, you know, the for this storyline. So, whereas in, I don't know, I, I, and I don't know, maybe if there was just one Injustice game, then I wouldn't have this problem. But granted, I haven't played Dishonored 2, and so maybe this will become a complaint that, like, the, the endings didn't really matter. I don't know. Like, I don't really know what to tell you about how to how to feel about the ending of... How to feel? I don't know. I've lost all feeling. Uh, well, that's called Frostbite. Um... <laughs> you have, like, a how-to manual on how to <laughs> unfrostbite. Uh, I think... I think doing it right is impossible. I think. My. What? I think The Witcher does it right. Well, because The Witcher, the Witcher is a contained story. It has a beginning, it has a middle, it has an end. Like, overall, your, your decisions don't affect the end game. Right, they don't. They don't affect. Like, you know, they all lived happily ever after, or you know, whatever. I don't want to spoil The Witcher because it's fucking amazing. But that might be the only way to do it, right? So the the sort of choose your own adventure. You know, Commander Shepard is whoever you want him to be, and your character in Kotor is whoever you want them to be. To do those games right is is kind of impossible, because man, I'm gonna I'm hanging myself from the yardum by saying this, but those games are self-insert fanfiction games. Like, yeah. you know, the characters don't the characters in the game. Uh, hmm, that's not a good way to put that because he does exist. Your character, your character in the in the game, makes whatever choices you want the character to make and does whatever you want the character to do. Of course, it's a video game, but if you are, if you put yourself in the character's shoes, you you are. You can't separate yourself from the character, which one like see somebody because you have issues. Then you are going to be like kind of uncontrollably upset about the ending of the game because it wasn't exactly what you wanted, and developers sort of shoot themselves in the foot nowadays because 
it's impossible to do it's impossible to please everyone mm-hmm. there's there's no way that you can end a story like that and told in that way that everyone who plays the story or completes the game will be happy with yeah. so and it's not for lack of trying either i mean developers have done all kinds of things to sort of make everyone happy but that's that's my this is a different issue and that's my issue with like the play it your way kind of style in games nowadays is like i don't want to play it my way i want to play it the way the game was designed like it's bad game design to have something that's too open like play it your way to me is like is is lazy it, they didn't they didn't spend enough time developing the character so like the witcher do whatever you want make whatever decisions you want invest all this time in alchemy and research you know all of those skills and you know pour all your research points into that you're still Geralt of Rivera and you will still have to pull out your sword to deal with problems but that's the way the game was designed that's the way the character works avoiding that is I don't know. I'm it's it's tough to sort of say where I'm going with this. And I feel like I'm I'm beginning to talk in a circle. Uh think, but go ahead. So I think part of the issue that we're dealing with here is that we're not just talking about games anymore, we're talking about storytelling. Um and I I kind of agree that making things too open can be is like I would I would say that that's lazy storytelling. Uh not not all and the lazy story the, and yeah okay so like, this is and something the lazy storytelling broken. the lazy storytelling leads to bad game design not necessarily though cuz i think that like so if you're um because it still takes a lot to ma- it still takes a lot of like man hours to create a game that has all of those possibilities like and so i mean you can put you can put an infinite amount of time into a game and it still be garbage. Hence, Anthem. <laughs> yeah. Perfect example. No well, Man's I, Sky. I mean, they had to patch the game into it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what... I guess more what I'm getting at is that it can be... I think if... if I can't think of a game that is doing this, but if you just gave someone, like... If you gave someone a book... It was just completely blank except for like a few adjectives and nouns that have been put in there like yeah yeah like so you know it's not you know it's not like really a story per se um but there it can be oh oh uh maybe no that's not right uh there's a game uh shoot what was that game with the where you could control the different people something that narrows it down. 
Oh, uh, Ryan versus oh, Francisco. Sorry, I just I just hit our cat accidentally. <laughs> I, I set my hand down really quickly. <laughs> I didn't realize, I didn't okay, so this game, Driver San Francisco. Um. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's a linear plot, basically, like for the missions and everything. But there, the writing is like nuts. How much writing there was. Um. Because they they created an entire dialogue tree and story for every single character, so that no matter where you jump in, they're always talking about something, and it's like always. You can possess, like, yeah, because you can possess like different people and like jump into their cars. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think it can be, you know, if you, if Grand you thought it was similar to that, if I you feel write, like. maybe if so, you write, like a a bad story or whatever. Like then, yeah, it's bad, but it's it requires. I I guess it, I guess it requires you write more, a bad story. It's bad. Got it requires it. more skill to handle open-ended game design from a plot perspective because you have to deal with the realistic consequences of the actions of like a bunch of different actions mm. instead of just the one linear thing where you're like. The character does this mission, then they do this mission, then they do this mission, and like this emotional moment happens, and you know, it still requires skill to write a good plot. But to write like four hundred good plots, all in that's one a whole new that's a whole new level of skill. Right? Yeah, is is what I, like is what you know juggling, juggling all of that is it requires a ton. And I think that's probably why we're even talking about this episode and why we feel strongly about things being good or bad is that it's it's new terri it's new territory and games are you know minus the choose your own adventure books games are really the first ones doing this from like a storytelling perspective what do you, you mean know? this this, ex this well, writing like bazillions of endings for something you know like so as as far as i know you know we can joke about jk rowling's twitter account all we want but she isn't writing a whole new set of Harry Potter books like that cover, you know, what if Harry had made this decision? Like she's not releasing a whole new series for like, what if he killed the like, like what if he killed his like aunt and uncle like at the beginning, like, you know, in a rage, you know, she and then she isn't thinking like, okay, but then what if, you know, what if this happened and then writing an entire new book series, but what for a game designer, they're making an in, basically like an entire game. Like they still have the framework around it, but they're making an entire story based off of small decisions. Hmm. So I I never thought about it that way. That's which is and I think because it's very interesting territory. No one's there's no there's not like classes on how to do that. Like you know it's it's not it's not a form of media that's been around long enough. For, for people to really instruct on. And so, you know, I think that's why The Witcher is the only one, the only one that we've talked about so far that we, you know, granted, haven't played it, need to, uh, but from your description of it, I feel very good about the way that those decisions are, like, are handled from a, a, a narrative standpoint. Anyways, that's... That, I think that that caps off everything I feel. Yeah, no, that's 
I, I never really thought about it. That's, that's going to be very interesting. I'm going to have to, like, devote some of my life to thinking about it that way. Like, especially the, the you know, every decision is different. You know, writing a whole new series sort of idea. Mm, that's yeah. that's interesting to think about. So we'll leave we'll leave on that on that philosophical note. Um, Velociraptor. Velociraptor. Oh, that's old hat internet. Original original meme content. Yeah. Um, I mean, we got a little philosophical there at the end about storytelling. And this really, this really wasn't an episode about video games. I mean, we used video games to sort of talk on our points, but this is more an episode about storytelling. So we'll have to, we'll have to think about coming back, different ways we can come back to this later. Yeah, I, I want to look into if there are classes on, like, open-ended game design, like, anywhere. If it, if it even exists. Yeah, because, I don't know, there might be. I can't say I can't say there's not without looking. You also can't say that there are without looking. So true. you're stuck. <laughs> but on that note, uh, <laughs> on that note, we will um, we'll see you guys next time on the Doctor Z Show. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Doctor Z Show. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us on Facebook or YouTube at the Doctor Z Show through email at thedoctorzshow at gmail.com or on Twitter at thedoctorzshow1, the one like the number. And please leave a review, if possible, on whatever listening platform you use. Thank you.